Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today we've got a special episode coming your way. We're going to be talking college football for the 2023 season, and I'm going to be joined by a guest. You have heard him here on this podcast before talking about TBT as well as March Madness. I'm joined by my dad, and I got to say, this is one of kind of like our things, right? Like some of my earliest sports memories growing up have been from watching college football and watching college football with my dad. And even as I've gotten older, I still watch college football all the time. He still watches college football all the time. We're not always together, but it'll be texting about it or, you know, meeting up the next day Sunday at church and talking about what happened the night before. And both of us love college football. Both of us watch a lot of college football. So we're going to be going over our futures bets here on this episode. We're going to be going through each conference. We're going to be picking a win total. We're going to be picking a champion. And then we're going to pick our four college football playoff teams. This one also carries a little bit of extra significance because this is really the last year of college football as we currently know it before all the conference realignment happens and just everything looks entirely different heading into the 2024 season. So both of us are really excited for this season. We've done a lot of research to bring you guys these win totals. Even if you don't agree with our specific picks, hopefully we'll give you guys some sound advice and sound logic and sound, you know, reasoning for making these picks when you look at other teams if you want to, you know, make any futures bets for win totals or conference champions on college football. Now if you want to take some this action to a sports book. Use my site signupexpert.com slash Mike's Picks. We are partnered with Signup Expert and they will give you the best promo codes and offers on any new sports book, DFS site, um, uh, player prop site, whatever's available in your region, they will sync to it and they will give you the best uh, promo codes and offers. And by using my codes, you will show me some support as well. Um, so if you want to take any of this action to a sports book, signupexpert.com slash Mike's Picks is where I would recommend getting started. All right, so that does it for the introduction. So we're going to go ahead and get a quick word from our friends at Spotify, and then we are going to jump right into college football 2023. <music> All right, so I am here with my dad, and we are going to talk college football 2023. So the rules are very simple. We're going to go through each of the Power Five conferences plus the American Athletic, and we're going to pick one team. We're going to lock in their win total for an over or an under, and then we're going to pick the conference champion. Then we are going to make our college football playoff selections as well as the Heisman Trophy. Dad, thanks for joining me. Oh, you're quite welcome. All right, so... Let's go ahead and kick things off. We're going to go alphabetical order here. So we're going to start with the American Athletic. So for your win total, Dad, who do you have as the American Athletic win total lock? I have Tulane. Uh, I'm I'm going to bet the over on nine and a half games. Uh, I like them to get back to the AAC championship game. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when you combine that with a bowl game, that gives them 14 games. And I think it's, I think it's, I really like them to go at least 10 and four. Yeah. uh, I'd, like that selection as well. You know, they're returning a good amount of talent from a team last year that beat USC in the Cotton Bowl. So um, I like that pick with Tulane. I'm going to go a little bit outside the box here. There's been some discrepancies on this one across sites, but I found a Charlotte where the win total was set at three, and I'm going to go with the Charlotte 49ers going over three wins. Now, you can call me a bit of a homer because I graduated from Charlotte, but... Let's talk through the logic here. So they won three games last year. This is their first year with new head coach, Biff Pogge. 
And they got some power five transfers. Biff brought in some guys from Michigan. He brought in some guys that he coached uh, in his high school days at St. Francis. And I think that this team's just a lot more talented than they were last year. And when you look at their schedule, I see a lot more than three winnable games. They're going to beat South Carolina State in week one, and they're probably going to be favored against Georgia State and Rice later on down the line. That would be three right there. If they fumble one of those, then they've got Tulsa, USF and Navy that I think are all winnable games for him. And I got to say, I really like this Charlotte hire of Biff Pogge. Uh, I think that if you're a school like Charlotte and you want to be great, you have to think outside the box. And he's certainly an outside the box hire. And if it works, they're going to go over three wins this year. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. Uh, he re- looks like he really has a program on the rise. Yeah, and I mean, you look at what Michigan did when he got there. Like, I don't think it's a coincidence that when Biff Pogge joined Jim Harbaugh's staff, Michigan immediately appears in two college football playoffs. Like, I, I definitely think he had a helping hand in that. Mm-hmm. All right, so there's our win total for the American. Let's go ahead and nail in a conference champion. So I have got the Texas San Antonio Roadrunners, and you can find them at plus 290 in most sports books. This is a team that won Conference USA last season, and they had one of the best offenses in college football last year with quarterback Frank Harris. He is coming back as well as most of their receiving core. Um, so I just like the fact that you're getting a team that has won their conference before, and while they're in a different conference, it's a team with a winning pedigree that's returned a lot of players. What do you think? I had them as well. Uh, they've got 15 <laughs> returning starters. Like you said, the quarterback Harris, as well as four of their five offensive linemen. So they That's should be key. pretty strong up front. And it's a, it's a watered-down AAC with, with Houston, Cincinnati, and uh, UCF, UCF gone. leading. Yeah. Well, another thing, too. One thing that we're going to probably mention a few times on here is returning starters. And i got to be honest. I don't care about returning starters if the team was bad. Like, what good does it do if you're returning starters that are not good? So a team like Texas San Antonio that's returning 15 guys and they were good, to me that's definitely a good sign for them heading into the AAC in their first year. Also, worth noting, the AAC does not lend itself to repeat champions a whole lot. Typically, teams win this league and they kind of go fall back a bit the next year. Um, So while Tulane did win last year, you know, the History does not uh, look well upon people repeating in the American Athletic. All right, so let's switch on over now to the ACC. So, who do you have for your lock win total for the ACC? I've got Clemson. It's uh, I t- I'm taking the over at nine and a half games. Mm-hmm. They've won twelve or ten or more games for twelve straight years. Wow! So it's it's and uh, they're. Their big, their big, uh, their biggest games are all at home: North mm-hmm. Carolina, Florida State, and Notre Dame. It's it's just hard for me to imagine them going any less than ten and two. Yeah, that that stat you said twelve straight years, ten yes. straight. That's twelve. Yeah. That's impressive because, you know, Dabo Swinney's got this program to the point where they're one of the powers in college football right now. And you know, really in their quote unquote down years, they they still got the ten games. That's that's insanely impressive. Quarterback play is going to be super important. I am a believer in Cade Klubnik, so. Um, I do like that call with Clemson. I'm going to go, again, a little bit outside the box here. I'm going to go with NC State over six and a half wins. Now, don't get me wrong. NC State has a very difficult schedule. Their four non-conference games are UConn, Notre Dame, Marshall, and VMI. I think they go three and one in those four games. Um, I think the one loss is going to be Notre Dame. That's not really a surprise. But in conference, I think that they should be 
Virginia, Wake, Duke, and Virginia Tech. Three and one in non-conference, win those four games, there's your seven wins right there, which means that they wouldn't have to beat Louisville, Clemson, Miami, or North Carolina. Like I said, very difficult schedule for NC State, but if they pull off one of those upsets, they go three and one in non-conference, the path to six and a half wins is pretty easy. They've got Virginia quarterback Brennan Armstrong coming over this year, and I was really impressed with him in the 2021 season. 2022, he didn't have a whole lot of talent around him and just didn't look all that great, but now with NC State with this offense, offense that's pretty talented. I think they're going to be pretty good, and I definitely think they're going to go over six and a half wins. Now, let's go ahead and talk about the ACC champion. So interesting to note this year, the ACC is not doing divisions. So when I first looked at the board and I saw the numbers for Carolina to win this conference, I really thought that that was a juicy number because their division, I believe it was the Coastal Division, was just terrible. And I thought they had a real easy path to the championship game. But no, ACC is not doing division. So it's just going to be the top two teams from the conference that make it to that game. Make sure you factor that in if you are placing any bets. So who do you have as the ACC champion, Dad? I've got Clemson. They've got uh, their returning eight starters on both sides of the ball. Uh, Kate Klubnick is a very talented quarterback, mm-hmm. Will Shipley, talented runner. And just simply, they've got more talent than everybody else in the ACC. They've out-recruited for years. I am going to agree with you with Clemson, and you can find their odds at about plus 130 at m- most sports books. I just – I'm a believer in Kate Klubnick. He lo- I thought he looked pretty good in the two games he played last year. And I think that when you look at Clemson historically – when they're at their best is when their quarterback play has been really good. You know, they were very blessed to have three years of Deshaun Watson into three years of Trevor Lawrence. And I'm, I'm thinking that if you're a Clemson Tigers fan right now, you've got to be happy that you're looking at three years of Cade Klubnick. Uh, and he's a super talented kid, and I, and I think they're going to win this conference. I'm going to go on the record. I'm not a believer in Florida State. I'm not either. Um, I, yes, they return a lot of players, but last year – I just wasn't super impressed in watching him. Jordan Travis, like he's okay, but I don't think he's as good as like all the hype he's getting. Uh, And just, you know, Mike Norvell coach teams, they don't have a good history of beating ranked opponents. Like Florida State's going to beat the teams they should beat, but they haven't played well in big games in the Mike Norvell era. So I'm out on Florida State and I'm all in on Clemson in the ACC. All right, so let's switch on over to the Big Ten. Now, I think it's worth noting, this is the last year of the traditional Big Ten. You know, we're going to have the hybrid West Coast Big Ten um, starting in 2024. So um, in the last year of the quote-unquote normal Big Ten, who do you have as your lock win total, Dad? I've got Nebraska, and I'm taking the under on six wins. Taking the under? Yeah. Okay. They, uh, they were not very good last year. I think Matt Rule is eventually going to get them on the right track. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a tough league. I just don't think it's going to happen this year. I see them going four and eight, five and seven. I get that as well. You know, they're going to have uh, Georgia Tech transfer Jeff Sims at quarterback. And, you know, for what it's worth, he wasn't super productive at Georgia Tech, but he didn't have a whole lot of talent around him. And, and I agree with you. I think Matt Rule is going to get this program back to being to where they were, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. But I just – I'm not seeing it this year. I just don't think this team's very talented. So, so I'm with you on that. I'm going to go with another team, though. My lock for the win total is going to be Maryland over seven wins. So they have a very easy non-conference schedule with Towson, Charlotte, and Virginia. Just go ahead and chalk those up as three wins. And they're probably going to be favored in all the remaining games except for three. And so if they just win the games where they're favored – 
they're going to get the nine wins. Yeah. Now, granted, that's easier said than done, mm-hmm. but I just think there's a very easy path for them to get the nine wins. They return their starting quarterback, Taulia Tagovailoa. They return their running back, Roman Hemby, and they added a pretty good wide receiver, in my opinion, Caden Prather from West Virginia in the portal. So I think this Maryland team is going to be able to put up some points, and i like them to get over seven wins. All right, so the Big Ten champion. The Big Ten is still doing divisions, so I kind of think that most of the audience probably sees where this is going to go. It's going to be Michigan or Ohio State, right? I actually don't mind a little bit of a parlay bet if you were to parlay Michigan over 10.5 and and Ohio State over 10.5 and and just bet that it's going to be like last year where both these teams run rough shot over the rest of the Big Ten. So who do you have winning the Big Ten? I've got Michigan. They're... uh... Super strong team last year. They're returning eight starters on both sides of the ball, and they've got Ohio State at home, mm-hmm. which, is a, which is a big advantage. I just, uh, I'm not buying the Penn State hype. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they're in, a, in the same class talent wise as Ohio State and Michigan. They, that, that being said, they may give Michigan a game at home, but uh, I think Michigan's the best team in the Big Ten. I agree with you. I would be it is. You know, I think Penn State's going to be good, but I don't think they're Ohio State or Michigan good. And, and I think that it's going to come down to who wins the game. And I trust Michigan with experienced quarterback play with J.J. McCarthy. They've got a two-headed monster at running back with Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. They're returning 11 total starters from a team that finished third in the AP poll last year, mm-hmm. I believe. And if we're being honest, they probably should have beaten TCU. And I got to wonder how that impacts how people think about them. You know, if Michigan beats TCU last year and ends up losing to Georgia in the national title game in a close game, how does that impact their number this year? I don't know. But I'm with you. I like Michigan to win the Big Ten. And you can find their numbers at plus 180. All right, so we've got three conferences down, three conferences to go. Let's take a quick breather and then resume with the Big 12. All right, so we're rolling on into the new look Big 12 that added four teams this year, UCF, BYU, Cincinnati, and Houston. So definitely changing things up because the Big 12 used to be a true round robin where you played the entire rest of the league in your conference schedule. Not the case this year. We've definitely got teams that have stronger conference schedules than others. So, Dad, who do you have as your Big 12 win total lock? I've got TCU with um, the. I'm taking the over on seven and a half wins. Mm-hmm. It's just it's really hard for me to see a, a 13 and two team that played so well last year regress to seven and five or worse. And yeah, Max Dugan is gone, but uh, I can't remember the guy's name. But the the guy that they have at quarterback mm. was going to be the starter last year Correct. anyway until he got hurt. So. Yes, transfer from Colorado. Yeah, I think I think they're going to be in pretty good shape. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you on TCU. Like. I don't think they have one of the harder Big 12 schedules. I think they've got a fairly pedestrian non-conference schedule as well. So, yes, while I do think regression is incoming from their miracle season last year, uh, I think over 7.5 is a very easy number. Uh, I'm going to take an under for the Big 12. I'm going to take Houston under 4.5. So, they actually share two games from last year's schedule and this year's schedule, believe it or not. They're still playing Texas San Antonio and Texas Tech. And guess what? They lost to both of those teams last year. I don't expect it to change, especially considering Clayton Toon was a really good quarterback for them last year. He's no longer there in Houston. Uh, And then you look at the rest of their schedule. With with the new Big 12 schedule, it's a jump in competition for Houston. And they played Kansas in the non-conference last year, who was a kind of middle-of-the-road Big 12 team, and they lost by 18. So I think that's a sign of things to come, that this team is just not ready to, you know, succeed right now in the Big 12. Do I think that this Houston program could eventually get there? Yes, they're in a great metropolitan area. Being in the Big 12 is going to help recruiting, but I'm just not seeing it this year. So looking at their schedule, 
I think that they're going to get Rice and Sam Houston quite easily, and I think that they're probably going to win one Big 12 game, which would put them at three, which very easily gives us the under for four and a half. All right, so who do you have for your Big 12 champion, Dan? I've got Kansas State. Uh, returning eight starters on offense, including quarterback Will Howard. Mm-hmm. Played really well down this stretch last season with the exception of the bowl game against Alabama. And I can forgive them that Alabama was significantly yeah, more talented. Yeah, and pissed off. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think the game against Texas is probably going to decide the league, but I really like Kansas State. Well, good news is, is that in the Big 12, we generally don't see teams go undefeated. So I think that, you know, if we're circling that Texas-Kansas State game, you can lose that game and still make it. So believe it or not, I'm actually going to pick Texas. Um, Yes, you can call me a homer because I'm a well-noted Texas fan, but they're returning 15 starters from last year's team. On offense, the only non-returning player is B. John Robinson. Granted, he was the best running back in college football last year, but they're returning Quinn Ewers, they're returning the whole receiving core, they're returning the whole offensive line that was very good last year, and I just think that this team is going to take that next step. Like I said, there's not been a Big 12 team go undefeated in conference play since 2016, so it's very possible that you could see a Texas and Kansas State rematch, and... I really don't know how that sets up better. You know, there's always the question of, do you want to lose the first game and then get to make your adjustments for the rematch? I don't know. It seems to work out that way. It worked out that way for Kansas State last year against TCU. But I definitely think that the top two teams in the league are Texas and Kansas State, and I'm going to be taking the Texas Longhorns. All right, so let's switch on over to the Pac-12. So for the win total, I'm going to go with Washington over nine wins. They're returning quarterback Michael Penix Jr. They're returning their top two wide receivers, and they're returning 14 total starters from a team last year that finished 11-2. and two. Like I said, I don't care about returning starters if you're bad, but when you're good like Washington was, returning 14 starters is a good sign. Kalen DeBoer's in his second year as head coach, and the team seemed to really respond to him well last year to make that jump to being 11-2. and two. And I think when you look at their schedule, you know, the Pac-12 is really tough to handicap this year, but Washington gets Utah and Oregon at home, so I really like how that sets up for him, and I'm going with Washington over nine wins. Who do you have? I've got Oregon State. I'm going to take the over at eight wins. They won 10 last year. Mm -hmm. They've got seven starters back on offense, plus they're bringing in uh, former Clemson quarterback DJ Uyangale. Good pronunciation there. (laughs) And uh, they really finished the season strong, so I I have a hard time seeing them regressing this year. I think that's a team on the rise. Yeah, I think that I I really like that call with Oregon State. I think that DJ Uyangale could be like the sequel to Bo Nix as a quarterback that, you know, is much maligned by his fan base in, in, you know, the southern United States, Mm -hmm. goes out west to, you know, relative obscurity and just shows out like Bo Nix did last year for Oregon. And I think that the quality of defense that they're going to be seeing in the Pac-12 is much different than what DJ saw week in, week out in the ACC. So I do like that call with Oregon State. However, Dad, do you have enough confidence to pick Oregon State to win the Pac-12? You know, I gave that a lot of thought, but at the end of the day, I didn't. Okay, who you got? I I went with Utah. That being said, I think this was the toughest conference to pick. Mm -hmm. Utah, Utah, USC, Washington, Oregon State, I think could all win it. Mm -hmm. And Oregon and UCLA are only slightly behind. So you're talking about a a 6-2 record getting you into that conference championship game. But uh, overall, I like what Utah has done the last two years. I think Kyle Whittingham is the best coach in the conference. I would agree. And, uh, barring an injury to their quarterback, Cam Rising, I think they'll be back and, and win a third one. I like the Utah call, and I went a different direction, though. I went with USC, the Trojans. 
Um, and you can find them at plus 170 to win the Pac-12 right now. Excluding the bowl game to Tulane last year, their only losses were to Utah. There was not another team in the Pac-12 that beat them. They won all their non-conference games. They just could not deal with the Utah Utes. And I really think that they're going to be able to make the adjustment this year to kind of make the leap and get past Utah and win this conference. And I really think that USC has a super high ceiling this year. More on that a little bit later. And so I've got them to win the Pac-12. All right, now quite... Uh, the probably the most talented conference in college football, pound for pound. We're looking at the SEC now. This is the last conference that we're looking at, Dad. So who do you have as your win total for the SEC? I've got Ole Miss, uh, and I'm going with the over at six and a half. Mm-hmm. And when I started looking at teams in in this conference, I started to kind of put, put wins and losses on them before I actually looked at the over mm-hmm. and unders. And I had Ole Miss at nine. Wow, that's so, a big gap. So I think, I think this is one uh, – this is probably the one I like the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think it's 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 hard for me to imagine them winning winning less than eight games. They got fourteen starters back. Jackson Dart was a very solid quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went eight and five last year. I, I don't I don't see them regressing from that, even though their schedule is very tough. It's super tough schedule for Ole Miss, but I mean I think that's a very talented football team. They've got Quinshawn Judkins returning at running back, who was an insanely talented freshman last year. They got a transfer from UTSA receivers, Akari Franklin. So a lot of talent on that Ole Miss team, and and I do like that six and a half call as well. I considered that one, but I'm going to go with Arkansas over seven wins. I think that when you look at Arkansas's schedule, kind of like what you said with Ole Miss. Just when you look at those games, I just think they're going to get to nine wins. And, you know, they should be 4-0 in non-conference play, Arkansas. BYU's their hardest non-conference game, and I don't think that BYU matches up well with Arkansas's overall size and athleticism. So I think Arkansas is going to win 4-0 in the non-conference, and I think that they're going to get at least three more conference games. In conference play, their home games are Texas A&M, Mississippi State, Auburn, and Missouri. And, and, you know, in the SEC, home field advantage is a big deal. So I definitely think that they can use that home field advantage to beat, you know, even a team like Texas A&M that might have more talent. Going into Arkansas and winning is a tough ask. So I definitely think Arkansas can get to over seven wins. And I really think they're going to beat Florida on the road as well. So you just look at the combination of the home games, the winnable non-conference games, and then the one game against Florida. I definitely see Arkansas getting to more than seven wins. All right, now quite possibly the one that everybody's been waiting for, the SEC. A lot of people see it as a two-horse race between Georgia and Alabama. You've got sleepers lurking like LSU and Tennessee and Texas A&M. Did you pull the trigger on the dogs or the tide, Dad? I took the dogs. It's just really hard for me to pick against a team that's got seven starters returning on offense, six on defense, and, mm-hmm. and a cupboard full of four and five-star five recruits. That being said, it would not shock me if uh, if Alabama were to upset them in the title game mm-hmm. as uh, Nick Saban's 4-1 and one against Kirby Smart all the time. Wow. And has a history of beating up on his former assistants. Yeah, that is very accurate. Um, I'm going to go with the dogs as well. I just think they're the most talented team in college football. I think that they've taken the reins from Alabama in that regard. I just think that they just stockpile talent like no other team right now. The hardest game in the regular season that they have is at Tennessee. And so you're looking at a scenario in the SEC East where if – they just lose that game. They could probably still make it to the conference championship game because I think Tennessee probably picks up two conference losses. Um, and then Georgia's cross-division opponents this year are Auburn and Ole Miss. 
I think they will win both of those games. So I think you could see an 11-1 Georgia make it to the conference title game. And I think on a neutral field, well, which really isn't that neutral if it's in Atlanta, um, I just think Georgia's going to be favored over any team on a neutral field. So that is why I am picking the dogs to win the SEC. You can find their odds at minus 115. All right, that does it for the Power 5 plus 1 conferences. Let's take a quick breather, and then let's talk college football playoff. All right, so carrying on with our theme that this is like the last year of college football as we know it. This is the last year of the four-team college football playoff. And so it's still going to be pretty hard to pick these teams to get in. You know, there's always the teams that come out of nowhere to get in the playoff, like a TCU last year. So we're going to go ahead and go over our four teams to get in the playoff, and then we're going to go ahead and pick our champion as well. So let's go ahead and talk about team number one. Dad, we both agreed on this one. We both have the Georgia Bulldogs as as our team number one in the playoff. And we also, as some of y'all could probably see coming, we had Michigan to win the Big Ten. Guess what? We've both got Michigan in the college football playoff. Where both of us differ is on our last two teams. So, Dad, who did you have as your third team into the college football playoff? I have Clemson. Mm -hmm. Uh, All three of their games against top 25 opponents are in Death Valley. And it's hard for me to see them not going 11-1. and Yeah. And I think 11-1 and in a Power 5 conference is going to get you in this year, especially if you win that conference. History has shown that a one-loss ACC team will get in the college football yeah. playoff. So, uh, so I'm with you on that. My third team, though, I'm going a little bit outside the box here. I'm going with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. So I think they've got three games on their schedule that they got to be circling right now, which are Clemson, USC, and Ohio State. They get USC and Ohio State at home this year. So their three toughest games, they've got two of them at home. And I think if Notre Dame goes 2-1 and one in those three games, and 11-1 and one Notre Dame with those two wins should be in the college football playoff. I know people love to hate on Notre Dame being in the college football playoff, but with the schedule they're playing this year, 11-1 and one should absolutely deserve to get them in. I am a believer in quarterback Sam Hartman. I think when you look back at Notre Dame's schedule last year, quarterback play held them back. You know, they were really good defensively. They had a lot of talented guys at the skill positions offensively. And so I think improving at the quarterback position with Sam Hartman can get Notre Dame back in the college football playoff. So we've got Georgia and Michigan shared. You had Clemson as your third team. Who do you have as your fourth team? I have the Crimson Tide of Alabama. Interesting. Uh, All of their tough games are at home. Mm -hmm. Uh, LSU, Tennessee, Texas, Mm -hmm. uh, which, which will make for a very strong resume. Uh, I think they're going to run the table heading into the SEC title game against Georgia, which which would allow for a loss in that game. Uh, if if it's on the flip side and, and Alabama has a loss, but Georgia's undefeated and, and Alabama's the team that has to win that game, yeah. I could I see I could see them winning it very so, much like twenty twenty one. So yeah. I think the team that has to win that game will probably win it. Yeah. But uh, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna sneak in. I could absolutely see that happening. I think if you're Alabama, the worst nightmare would be to be a one-loss team and for Georgia to be a one-loss team heading into that game, and then it's basically yeah. a winner-take-all yeah. game because I think that Georgia, on paper. With the same amount of motivation in Atlanta, I think Georgia would probably be favored to beat Alabama by four or five points. That's just my opinion. I, I think you're right. So let's go ahead and talk about my fourth team now. So some of y'all probably thought with how this podcast is going that I was going to pick my Texas Longhorns to be this fourth team. You know, I have them winning the Big 12. I think they're super talented. But I got to be honest, 
I don't want to see Texas in the college football playoff. That, that sounds really weird as a fan to say, but I think if Texas were to make it this year, if they were to go 11-1 and or by some miracle 12-0 and and win the Big 12 and get in, I just don't think that the college football playoff would go well for them. Like what I don't want to have happen is for them to sneak in as a four seed and then just get pounded by Georgia, Michigan, or Alabama and lose by 35 and then have everybody on Twitter saying Texas isn't back, ha-ha, horns down, ha-ha-ha, and just make Texas a joke at you know Texas's expense. And I would rather see them not make it and win a New Year's Six Bowl if that is just going to be the result. So the fourth team that I have in my college football playoff is a team that I think – can absolutely make this playoff, but I also think would be in the same boat as Texas where when they get in, they're probably going to get pounded by a Georgia, Michigan, or Alabama, and that is USC. And I'm a believer in Caleb Williams. I'm a believer in Lincoln Riley. I I had them win in the Pac-12, and I think they will win the Pac-12. And I think that, you know, you look at the situation they were in last year. If they had just beaten Utah in the Pac-12 title game, they were in. You know, they did 11-1 USC you know, with the win in the Pac-12 title game would have gotten in the playoff. And I think they can do that again this year. But like I said, I don't really think they have much of a chance when they get there. Um, I think that you look at what Lincoln Riley's teams have done in the college football playoff, you know, when he was at Oklahoma, it was the same story every year. They were able to put up points, but they just could not stop the bigger, more physical SEC teams like Georgia and Alabama. Yeah, I I don't think they can line up against Georgia or Michigan's offensive lines and, and survive. So... With that being said, with Georgia, Michigan, and Notre Dame and USC as my playoff, and Georgia, Michigan, Clemson, and Alabama as yours, who do you have lifting up the final four-team college football playoff trophy? I think it's going to be the Georgia Bulldogs again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I see uh, a two-seed Michigan beating Clemson, mm-hmm. and I see Georgia winning a, a tough rematch of the SEC title game against Alabama. And then, uh, then I see Georgia taking taking down Michigan in a close game. I think mm-hmm. Michigan gives a, a better account of themselves this playoff than they have the previous two. Okay. So, what do you make of the fact that Georgia has a new quarterback this year? Do you think that even matters? No. So you think that we, even with Stetson Bennett gone, a lot of the pieces from last year gone, you think they just reload and get back easily? Yeah. What I what I what I think you're going to see this year is kind of what you saw two years ago. You know, they've got seven starters back on defense mm-hmm. this year. They had hardly any starters back last year. Right. They all play for the still, Eagles now. And still played and still played well on defense. I think this I think this is going to be another elite Georgia defense, and mm-hmm. it's going to it's going to carry them home, and it may make up for any shortcomings of. But that being said, Carson Beck may not may surprise. I mean, I think on paper he's more talented yeah. than Stetson. Yeah. Than so, yeah. um, all that being said, I am going to follow suit and I'm going to pick the Georgia Bulldogs to win again. Um, Very rare for a three-peat in college football, but I just think they're the most talented team and the most talented program. And when you look at, you know, how Alabama racked up national titles in the last decade and a half, they were the most talented team. They were the most talented program. And I think there's a new king of the hill in college football. I think Georgia is the new Alabama. A quick anecdote on that. There's a guy that both of us coach with who went to the University of Georgia and, you know, being at school all day for the national championship game, all these kids are, you know, coming up to me and him and asking, you know, who do you think is going to win? Who do you think is going to win? And we're both saying Georgia. And all the kids are saying, oh, no, TCU's going to pull the upset. TCU's got them. And we're just kind of laughing about it. Like, y'all don't even realize Georgia's playing a different sport than TCU. Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, and Ohio State, those four teams are playing a different sport 
than the rest of college football right now. And I think that it showed last year when Georgia matched up against TCU in the title game just how talented that team is and just how good Kirby Smart has built that team. And and I see the Georgia Bulldogs repeating again. I think we will get the national championship matchup that we should have had last year, which is Georgia versus Michigan, which were the two most physical teams in college football last year. I think it will continue this year. I really do like the Michigan Wolverines. But I just think that the talent and now the championship pedigree and experience that the Georgia Bulldogs have will carry over and will help them win another national championship this year. We've both got the Georgia Bulldogs to repeat as national champions. All right, so now let's talk the one last bet, a a very popular bet to make. Let's talk Heisman Trophy winner. So before we give our picks, let's talk about a few kind of historical marks on the Heisman. I generally think it's a bad bet to bet a guy to repeat win the Heisman. You know, the only repeat Heisman winner was Archie Griffin, and I believe he did it two out of three years. It wasn't back-to-back years. No, it was back-to-back. It was back-to-back years? Okay, never mind. I was wrong on that. But either way, there's a reason that nobody repeats as the Heisman winner. A, it's very hard to do, but B, I think you get a little bit of voter fatigue. Like in 2016 when Lamar Jackson won, he was incredible, and his numbers for 2017 were pretty doggone good, but people didn't want to vote for Lamar Jackson again. They wanted to vote for Baker Mayfield because he was kind of the story that year. So I just see it as being really hard to repeat the Heisman. So even though I think USC is going to be very good. I'm crossing Caleb Williams off of my list. Another thing, it's very difficult for a non-quarterback to win this award. Before 2020, people used to ask, well, what would it take for a non-quarterback to win this award? Well, the answer is a global pandemic and half the sport to play eight games instead of 12, because that's the year that Devontae Smith ended up winning when he put up all those ridiculous numbers in a shortened season with Alabama. So no repeat winners, No non-quarterbacks for me. So I'm focusing my bets on anybody who is a quarterback, generally of a team who can either win their conference or make it to the college football playoff. And I want to have them at a pretty good number if I'm going to be making a bet on it as well. So my bet to win the Heisman is going to be Michael Penix Jr. of Washington. So I mentioned that I had Arkansas, or Washington is my over win total for nine. I think Washington's going to be very good. I think that Michael Penix Jr. has the potential to put up some pretty big numbers in that offense. And so I just think he's a nice little sleeper, a guy who now has experience in this system. And I, I think he's going to be able to put this number up if or put the numbers up to win if Washington is able to win 10 or 11 games in the regular season. Dad, do you have a guy for the Heisman that you like? I'm going to go with Kate Klubnik. Uh, I think Clemson's going to have a big season, mm-hmm. uh, probably win at least 11, 11 regular season games. And uh, I like what I saw from him. I think he can make the splash type of plays and put up the numbers statistically to uh, to attract attention from the Heisman voters. I get that one. You know, if you're in on Clemson to have a good season, it makes sense to be in on Clemson to win the Heisman Trophy. I absolutely get that. And you can find Kate Klubnik right now at plus 1,400 um, at some sports books and Michael Penix Jr. at plus 1,600 at some sports books, which I think are both very reasonable numbers. Um, a few kind of more long shots that I kind of like. Sam Hartman at Notre Dame I think is a very interesting pick. Yes. Um, you know, we've seen what he did in the Wake Forest system. We saw how Notre Dame really struggled at quarterback last year. And if Notre Dame ends up being 11-1 or 12-0, it's probably going to be because of that improved quarterback play with Sam Hartman. If I were to pick a non-quarterback to win it, it'd probably be Marvin Harrison Jr. 
of Ohio State. Um, I just think he's one of the most talented receivers to come through college football in recent years. And this is a year where, like last year, as good as Marvin Harrison was, you could just say, oh, it's because C.J. Stroud is great. Well, we don't know if Kyle McCord is great. We do know Marvin Harrison is great. So if that passing offense really takes off and Marvin Harrison puts up some numbers, I could see him as a dark horse Heisman candidate. Is there anybody you have as a dark horse Heisman candidate, Dad? Um, uh, actually, uh, I'm going to go with J.J. McCarthy. J.J. McCarthy of Michigan. Going to be in a lot of high-profile games. Going to get a lot of attention. Uh, throws the ball pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh Runs well. This will be his second full season as their starter. So he should have a good grasp of the offense. Uh, I think he could emerge. I'd get that one as well. You know, he's entering his – this will be his second season as a starter full-time. And I really do – like what he can bring to this Michigan offense. You know, Michigan's never been carried by the quarterback position, but if there ever was a guy to break that trend, it would be J.J. McCarthy. So I could see that one as well. If you were to look for a super long shot, I think D.J. Uyangalale, who we mentioned already on here, at 100-1 to right now, I think he's a good super long shot. We know how supremely talented he is. Maybe that change of scenery to Oregon State could do something. He could put up some big numbers in that offense as well. Yeah, and and the Pac-12 defense is not the same as what he saw in the ACC. So, all right. So there you have it. We have picked the Power 5 plus 1 conferences. We have picked our college football playoff teams, as well as our shared national champion, the Georgia Bulldogs. And we have picked some Heisman Trophy candidates as well. Dad, thanks for joining me. Very much looking forward to watching some college football this year. Me too. All right, that does it for this episode here of Mike's Money Picks. Please subscribe to the channel if you want to see our weekly college football DFS episodes as well as our weekly golf and NFL content. Thank you guys for watching and listening, and I will see you next time.